All right, what's up, guys? Welcome to the Balance Mill Podcast. Tonight's episode is another installment of the We Were in a Cult. And uh, I have another friend of mine that was a part of the church that uh, I was a part of. And we're just going to have another discussion sort of around the same topic. We were in a cult. Uh, so I've you got here Luke. <laughs> Luke, go ahead and say hi. Hey. Hey, Roy. Yeah, uh, Luke and I go go way back. Um, I remember that you used to be called Hoover. To this day, I tell people that. That's yep. what I was called because I still eat like that. Yep. I had, we went to dinner at your <laughs> parents' house back in whenever you were a baby. Yeah. That, that's probably not that's not weird to say but yeah no, yeah when you were a baby because you had your, your twin brothers and then they were like this is hoover yeah and then we got to then <laughs> you know you became a teen and then i counseled you at camp that's my memories yep i was your camp counselor. that's that's probably when the first time we actually like hung out right yeah yeah like low-key looked up to you so hard okay thanks stop that Stop like, that. Cool. I mean, back then, especially like the, the controversial tattooed cool <laughs> It's funny the things that make me controversial. I know. The you church. Were, you were the one, you know? Yeah, I, I liked cool. I like to think because I did hold the record of I was the only teen worker that never baptized a teen. <laughs> I don't think I ever have either. I've never. Well, like, you know, like pushed and led Bible studies. And that's what I was saying earlier about, like, you see those people where it's like people you may know. And it's like on Facebook and they're still in the church. And you're like, I yeah. did that. Uh-huh. <laughs> <so> yeah. sorry. <laughs> but like, I, you know, being a teen worker, you're trying to help these kids find the Lord and get baptized. And I didn't, I didn't, I didn't baptize a one. Oh, well. well yeah other ways you know thanks you help us get confidence and feel good about ourselves and enjoy yeah, that, experience like yeah. a lot of that a lot of camp for me is all good i mean i loved camp that's yeah where i first met you i loved a lot of it i mean when i left the church those relationships went south super fast mm -hmm. as did everything i mean yeah of course quick but the memories that i have there are so fun yeah, I mean, I was gonna, I was gonna get to camp in a second. I mean, that's that seems to be what what that's probably gonna be when I ask you, was there anything positive that, that you can remember of church? Camp will probably be the first thing. Yeah, probably. It does seem like a little down the line. I don't mean to jump the gun on you. No, it's all good. That's where we first met. So, is it safe to say you're a kingdom kid? Yeah, yeah, that term is hilarious, but I know exactly what you mean, and I was a kingdom kid. Yeah, yeah. So you were born into this church. This was your reality, sort of. For sure. All I knew until, like, teens, mm -hmm. really. And if you didn't question it, you know, it's all you knew until your friends in, like, high school questioned it. But yeah. being a kid, even then, you were taught to be like, all of this is mm -hmm. not good. You guys just don't understand. So, yeah, yeah. really, really until, like, 
18, 19, that I really start to even question anything about the church. Yeah, because I tell people all the time that I was a part of something that was called a cult. And you always get these questions about like, well, how could you have stayed in, blah, 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 all those things. And you're like, well, we were born into it. So this was like how we I framed my entire reality for most of my life. Yeah, and I mean, also disguised behind the word Christianity. Mm -hmm. I had friends that were my age, middle school, high school, elementary school, that were still Christians, that still had Mm -hmm. the same religious beliefs as I did, but their churches were very different. Mm -hmm. The the things that they were told were very different. So, like, that is hard to explain to people. Mm -hmm. So, like, yeah, it is. I used to think... Like someone referred to it one time to me as like they're little lowercase C Christians in our church, like we're the uppercase C Christians. Yeah. Like we got it right, they're getting it wrong, kind of thing. Yeah. I've heard that. I kind of was taught that though. You know, you talk I was taught that my other friends in school that went to church went to like the wrong Christian church. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh and yeah, like, that was everything. Mm-hmm. Y'all have fun. Like what? Y'all just did that for fun. <laughs> We have Did fun, you? but it's like good fun. It's Jesus fun. It's not sacrilege. <laughs> Did you ever have to go to like, if you were like on a vacation with your family and have to find a church to meet? Did you ever do that with your family? Can you remember anything like that? We would, we did not travel very much unless it was like for holidays. Uh-huh. So there was never really a holiday that we were out of town for, like a Sunday that we weren't necessarily like going to be going to the beach that day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember we went to a couple other like branches. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we did. Like we were like, I've been to like we nine different States churches <clears throat> that were affiliated yeah. with ours because we had to stop if we were, if we were driving anywhere or on our way back to Georgia, if it was a Sunday, we had to find our church. Oh, no, I don't think we ever did that. Yeah. So, like, how was God sort of portrayed to you, like, growing up? I think the normal definition, like the omnipotent mm-hmm. sky father that is, like, mm-hmm. watching your every move and, for lack of a better term, judging everything you do to, at the end of your life, make a decision whether or not you were good enough to get into heaven. Mm-hmm. And it, I just always remember it being about like getting into heaven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, so how do we, how do we get here? Okay. We have to follow these rules and these rules necessarily aren't fully thought through or fully thought out and might be not all, even all inclusive to people's like needs. Yeah. But mm-hmm. that's kind of how it was phrased. It was like this person you have to impress to reach the prize, the goal. Yeah. Impress. I like that you use that word impress. (laughs) I think I felt like I had to impress everybody to get to heaven, not even just God. Well, yeah, definitely. And within the church, there was like fame to be achieved and like Mm -hmm. stardom to be had within the church. Even like at a young age, like my mom did all the Christmas plays my mom did all of like the productions and things. And so she was always known when we would do like groups of churches and we would do big productions. She would always go on stage 
And then people would always ask me about like, what am I going to do for the church? And like, am I going to do like, follow their example? And like, these are questions they're asking like an eight and nine year old. That was a part of one of your mom's plays. Oh man, I cried so many times because I didn't want to do them. <laughs> uh, we did, um, it was called A Tale of Three Trees. That was the one that we did. Yeah, I was the Christmas mouse in one of them, and that's my final straw. I said, I'm never doing this again. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I uh, I got pushed into it. I think my parents wanted me and my brothers to, to do it, or they just couldn't find three other characters. Um, yeah, the tale of three trees, it's about three trees that were chopped down and were used for different things in Jesus's life. And I was the carpenter, I was the woodcutter carpenter that cut down the tree that eventually became the cross. Yeah, I do remember that play. We had it on VHS. Yeah, I, <laughs> I got so mad because the people, the three people that had the, the highest or like the big roles were three leaders kids. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's how it's going to go. That's how it always is going to go. Yep. Yeah. That, that stardom thing that you were talking about, like to be achieved in our church, that was real. Um. Oh, yeah. Especially for like social media and stuff, your parents would always tell you what they heard about the other people's kids, too. Mm -hmm. Oh, what was that like? That That's had to suck. Ugh. Yeah, it's awful because it's just like, oh, well, you know, so-and-so's doing this in the ministry. And, like, I just heard so-and-so is getting ready to do this for the church. And, like, mm -hmm. oh, they're – and it's never the bad things. Yeah. So, that's awful. That's the awful part of it, too. We got – my parents would talk to us about how the leaders talked about us three <laughs> and how we were – we were not – we didn't have self-control <laughs> at church. So that's what people we heard would, about. People mm -hmm. were mad at my parents because I like clapped and swayed. They were like, that is too much soul, too much sinful pleasure of dancing. And it wasn't like even that kind of church. So like, even when I heard that stuff and when my parents heard that stuff, they were still like, what are you even talking about? That yeah, our church had a little bit of soul. I remember that. Yeah, a little bit. And like, I don't think it was blasphemous to dance. No, it wasn't. We even had our, what was the, the choir was a deeper shade of soul. Do you remember that? I do. I do yeah. remember the shade of soul. We had yeah. a speech. Jeez, this cough. God damn. Anyway. um, So when did you get baptized? Man, I don't even know if I remember. Well, so it was in high school though, right? It was in high school. Yeah, definitely in high school. <clears throat> I think it was my sophomore year mm -hmm. maybe junior year but i think it was my sophomore junior year something like that yeah. um probably junior year because i was going through like all of the you got to like the big studies and you were like mm -hmm. oh i'm getting close because i'm doing the whatever it was like I'm just, I don't remember the names, like the guilt study. I, I remember the sin study. Everybody remembers that one. Yeah, you had, so you had the sin study. That was the big one. You had the the cross study where you had to make sure you cried. You had to cry. You had to really feel it. If you didn't show you were broken enough, then they didn't think you were taking it seriously. <laughs> right. Yeah. So true. To... You like, Remember at camp, like, you had to be the last one in the pavilion. Like, oh, you had to yeah. Sit there with the one 
girl camp counselor and the one teen worker. It was just like that random three people. You had to be the last. Oh, so you're talking, you're talking. So we had, so we're, we're going to talk about our camp that our church had. And for those of you don't, yeah, our church had a camp and every Thursday was the cross devotional, right? Right. Yeah. Sorry to get ahead of you. That's no, it's just to give people perspective. And so in this one, our director, the camp director would, would go through the, the death and burial of Jesus and boy, was it intense (laughs) with like pretty much everyone over the age of like, what would you say? 15 or less. It was only allowed to the older, older campers, which would still be what? Yeah. I was like 13 and up. So 13 and up, um, we're allowed to sit and, and listen to the crossed, you know, devotional and you would hear all the gruesome details yeah, all that stuff. Very dramatized, very mm-hmm. graphic, very clear of what would happen, and then feel guilty. Yeah, <laughs> feel guilty. Know that because you touched yourself before you left for camp is why <laughs> Jesus was on the cross. Very that. Yeah, the M M&M and CD in your backpack, Luke. Like yep. that mm-hmm. is what did all of these horrible saw trap like things to this man yeah. that we're gonna to you yeah yeah and so yeah that was the study i had to do that study uh uh, like three or four times before people thought i I was like praying to cry the last time i did it isn't that wild the things that we prayed before yeah Uh it's wild to think back i yeah it's hilarious i think back to all the funny things i prayed for like one time i prayed that i wanted to turn be able to turn into animals really and like, I really just prayed real hard on that. Uh-huh. But then I think of also the prayers where it's like, please don't make me gay. Like, please, please, please don't make me gay. And it's like such a range of things that I thought and believed that if I just like before bed thought hard enough mm-hmm. would be fixed outside of my control, which is, Jeez. and not just that, but fixed in particular by like a Judeo-Christian mm-hmm. male centered sky father. Yeah. God. <clears throat> male-centered sky father i like that yeah i mean it was very clear it wasn't as even as an adult when i think of like how i would approach religion nowadays like it's it never was given to me in that digestible way of like this is a faith these are religions it was like no there is a mm-hmm. very clear man who is mm-hmm. a father figure who is above us like things that things that were definite i'm trying to remember it i could say more but these were the things that were definite like it was a male man who was above us who Mm -hmm. judged us and cared for us but it was just never in a way where it was like who was i even talking to that if it wasn't a sky sky father Mm -hmm. like i don't even know who it would be yeah it's it's wild to think like i was having I get I get all the the Jesus and God questions now from friends out here where I am and and they were just like do you believe that God was a male and I'm just like I mean no like how can you call it a, a how can you call the source of everything a, a male or female it's like supersedes all of that yeah and we had I remember we had an exchange student come to our church from China sophomore year and she had this dope pop song 
that was God is a girl. Uh-huh. And the leaders like took her aside and were trying to like tell this lady from China how this song is like sacrilegious and blasphemous. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. God is clearly not a girl is what they would want you to know. And it's just like, what does that even mean? Like, what are you what? Like it's so weird. It's so weird to think back to these were grown ass people. These were adults yeah. that were just like, oh no, no, no. God cannot be a woman. Like that is just so bizarre to me. It's it's it bizarre that that's a hill somebody that. wants to die on, you know? Yeah, it just that's out of all the answers we don't have, that's the answer you really want to hang your coat on. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I think about that a lot, you know, and this was, you know, it doesn't have anything to really do with what's like, what's going on, like society wise. It's just, I've always felt that like you limit something that shouldn't be limited by just assigning it this, like, no, it's a man. And, and we say it's a man because for thousands of years, people have said it's a man. You yeah. know, and nobody like likes to think out of that, but I've engaged with other, you know, philosophical and, and different sort of, I don't know what you call it, like ways of thinking about this. And, and a lot of it is just, they'll, they'll just call it source or the divine. Yeah. The universe is what I've grown to just kind of worship. Yeah. I like to call it source. Just, it's just source. It's where we came from, you know. But you can't be surprised when all the songs are like, he is Lord, Father. Mm -hmm. like, there's so yeah. much strong context that after hundreds of years that comes with. Mm -hmm. So now it's like, well, people are like, that shouldn't be an issue. It never was before. And it's like, well, it's kind of weird, honestly. Well, it's never been an issue because no one ever talked about it. Right. Right. So, Which was the main thing with that whole church is the secrecies and the not mm -hmm. talking about anything. And the one way of thinking, think this way, this way, we say it this way, we talk about it this way, we believe this way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know, so this may be a little bit forward, but when I came out senior year, I was told I still had to talk to like the leaders in the church to figure out like, is this a sin? Mm -hmm. Because if then you can't do it. You can't be who you are, essentially. You can't even just, like, go on dates, which was that was the confusing thing. I was like, my whole life I couldn't have girlfriends because when I asked for girlfriends, it was like, for what? What does that change? And now I'm just, like, wanting to have boyfriends, and it's like, well, for what? And it's like nothing. It's like the same turn of the same coin. Like, I don't have any context for the things that I'm trying to do. I just know romantically, like, I would like to date men. I'm not trying to do anything even when I was 18 and a part of the church that would be viewed as like sinful in a mm -hmm. relationship, you know? And I went and I talked to a lot of people and that's a whole different story because that was all backwards. But then when I actually went to Savannah, Georgia, the church there had a member who identified as gay. And so that's why I thought maybe it was comfortable for me to go to that branch of the church mm -hmm. or vector. I don't really know what they're called, but ministry and i got a scholarship so i went and they said well you should be more like this member you should be more like them because every sunday they're here crying about how they don't want to be this way 
and how they don't want to live life gay and they wish God would not make them gay or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I was had no context of like even what this was. A virgin at the time, really just trying to like live religiously, but not date women. Like that was really the only change in my mind that I saw. And then they were like, no, you should be more like this member because they hate everything about that part of themselves. And they wish that God would make them different. And I was so confused. That's like probably the last time I went to a church is because of that. And the member they were talking about was, <laughs> it's so weird to be out of the situation and talk about it in terms of the mind that you had in the situation, but was living sinfully, you know, was doing things that were very much like promiscuous lifestyles, if you would even be wanting to classify it that way. I mean, going to clubs, hooking up with like three or four people in a random like two or three day period. And I had no context of that. I had no idea of what that even looked like because up until then, you said I was a kingdom kid. And so it was just this little switch for me. And now the same church is telling me to live a way, encouraging me to imitate a person's lifestyle that I have no degree of context for. And in my mind at the time was viewed as very simple and very sexually promiscuous and wrong and like not based off of love or integrity or discipline or anything that I was raised to be. So at that point, it's just like, yeah, you're told all these things that don't make any sense. So just to back up a second, thank you for sharing what you're sharing, by the way, and being honest about and open about this. I do appreciate that. But you were saying, so like, when did you, let's just sort of back up. So like you're baptized and then when did you like, did you always feel that you were gay? Or was it like a, something in the back of your mind? Or when was it? Something in the back of my mind, but I couldn't like put the words to it because okay. those were just so sinful and so wrong. And my dad always kind of was like, no kid of mine's going to be gay. Mm -hmm. Or oh, you want to bring a guy home, you might as well sleep on my porch and <laughs> stuff like that. And so like, oh, that's kind of what I was raised around. If there was anything on TV that was ever LGBTQ queer, it was always like shamed or shunned. And oh. so... I kind of always had an idea, but it was always like met with the degree of like, I could always deal with it as a sin. Okay. So it was a part of you that like, it was just going to be like how, like, I don't know, someone tries not to masturbate. You were just going right. to be like, you're just going to try not to be gay. Right. You just won't be. You'll just, yeah. Okay. You'll just marry a woman in the church and live your life that way. Yeah. So then how did you get to the point? that you were like, no, this is who I am? Uh, senior year, I kind of like was able to get a phone, first of oh, all. Okay. And I was able to like start talking to people outside of the church. Mm -hmm. And I really didn't have that ability except for at school, which I was told to like go to school and shine, go to school and lead. Like it wasn't a place I was trying to like figure out the other side of how people were living outside of the world yeah. or outside of the church, the world, mm -hmm. quote unquote. Um, so then, yeah, I, I started talking to, I was dating a girl in the church at the time and not 
really having any feelings. It was just kind of like doing what my friends were doing, like with their girl. Like we had, we had girls that we would take to like the encouragement dates and the dances and the things like that. Oh, which, encouragement which, dates. Which if you don't know, <laughs> in our church, it was like we have to, we have to fill a void that is one of a potentially less full path, but we can't yeah. go down that road. So you must take these women out. Mm -hmm. is that aren't school events like a church prom or a church dance yeah. thing and that would be like an encouragement date it's not like a romantic date the potential here is not for a relationship the potential here is to enjoy yourself and have a good time protect each other from the world yes so that's what i was kind of doing at that point and then i started talking to this guy and i was like oh this is like totally different like these are the things that like everyone else that i've grown up with talking about like struggling with women like the feelings of like oh well i was thinking these things like i never dealt with any of that i never uh -huh. it was easy for me to be a youth minister because i was like you need to stop looking at women lustfully <laughs> 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 because it's super easy and yeah. i did not do it my whole life <laughs> <laughs> so you were so you were so you were dating a girl and then you, you met the guy you or you met a guy and then that gave, was it like, just gave you like words for what you were feeling or like it opened the door? Yeah. It was just like, okay, this is, these are the emotions that I've heard people describe. Okay. It would be like the equivalent of like never knowing an American Halloween and only yeah. having mm -hmm. be like, everyone's going to be in costumes, having candy. There's going to be pumpkins and lights and it's going to be cold. Like, and then coming here during Halloween and being like, oh, Okay. This is exactly what everyone's been describing the whole time that I had no context for, like romance, crushes, butterflies, not knowing how to talk, like my first few dates, because I hadn't dated until then, because I wasn't allowed, really. So like yeah. going straight into college, like no context of dealing with any romantic feelings. Like, yeah, it was just like, OK, I have a lot to process now because I didn't have to even like struggle with this in high school. Yeah. Okay. And so did you come out? So you didn't come out in high school, like you left high school and did I anybody know? And what was that like? Great for me. It was oh, yeah. Of course. I felt so liberated and free. But like I said earlier, I was told that I needed to talk to my youth minister. Uh huh. So I had to set up a meeting um, with Josh. And we talked about, well, I don't really have the answers. You're going to have to make these decisions. Like, it's not right. But the Bible, I don't have scriptures for you, like, specifically to say, like, this is a sin blatantly. Like, I can't put it in the same context for you. Like, I have all these other sermons you've heard. And this is just me paraphrasing how I took it. What I, what I got from it was uh -huh. I really have a answer but it's not right Damn. so then i go talk to um up from that i guess would be david i don't know if you even know the ranks or people in my church but then that would have been like the main preacher for that <laughs> i'm so detached from it that i don't even know the terms but like that church for that area like that he was the main preacher for that area church so 
you talked to, did you come out to your parents and then they said you need to go to your, the teen? Yes. Okay. Yes. And so then you went from him who didn't have any answers and just said, Hey, I don't have any answers, but it's wrong. And then you had to go to hit the, the higher up quote unquote. <laughs> right. And right. you had no one. Was there anybody that was just like, Hey, I'm here to talk if you need to. I mean, everyone says that, right? Especially when you only have sure. the church. Those are the only relationships I had invested in. So everyone's going to tell you they'll want to talk. They'll want to be there for you. But it's like, you know then, things you can and can't say. But then slowly you just found that you were kind of alone. Is that safe to say? Yeah, I I don't know if I ever felt alone because I always had friends outside of the church at this time. Oh yeah, I meant like within the church, like pretty yeah, much. Yeah, totally. And that's that's when it was. That's why it wasn't even like I felt isolated because it was just like I felt so much coldness in a place that used to give me so much warmth, mm. and then vice versa. So the world, quote unquote, that we were raised to believe is like the worst thing to be a part of and something you never want to associate with, was offering me acceptance and comfort and not in the way that it was always described in our cult of being temptations and drugs and sex and alcohol. It was none of that. It was genuine friendships now at 17 and 18 that I really didn't feel like I had my whole life anymore because people were telling me things to my face now that I had to go talk to like more people in the church about being gay. It was just less, uh, there was like no substance. Mm -hmm. It was more superficial stuff. It caused me to have to go deeper into that at 18. And what I found was like, if you were willing to get past the like, well, that's a sin, don't do that. There was nothing there. Jeez. So the main minister was pretty much like, this is a sin. I can't tell you like what God will say on that day. All I can say is like where we're at as, a church and a people and like, this is what we believe. And like, this is how we view that lifestyle, quote unquote. So you'd be living in sin. We would love you obviously, but you would be choosing pretty much a life in hell is what my own brother told me. <laughs> um, Man, what a mind fuck. Yeah. I mean, totally. But it's also at this point, I'm realizing that this is a bunch of, this is really, silly you know to me mm -hmm. at that age i had the the joy of luckily having like a quick traumatic whiplash snap out of it kind of moment there wasn't that like let me figure this out like i was saying earlier like who am i period like i really had like yesterday i was fine today i have people calling my mom telling her like her and her gay son are an abomination and it's like parents of kids i was going over <laughs> to their houses like two weeks ago and like it was wild, the switch that was flipped. Um, so for me, like hearing this stuff, like you're going to be choosing a life of hell or like you're not going to be accepted into the Lord's kingdom. Like in the point of two weeks, everything I had treasured pretty much was like worthless and not in like a sad point, but in like, a okay, now I have all these pieces I can pick up. And I felt more though than anything like lucky because all of my friends in high school who you know a lot of, <clears throat> At that point in time, some of them now outside of the church called lucky to have relationships that I've been able to get with the few who I know who have left. 
But at that point now, everything has gone. Friendships, mm -hmm. everything was gone. Everything fell apart. And I was like, cool, well, now I can rebuild earlier rather than later in life. I'm not having this breakdown of what am I, what is this? What did I just go through? Because in my mind, everyone, everyone does that in high school. So, mm -hmm. Wow. So I mean, <clears throat> I'm, I'm sorry that that happened. It fucking it sucks. Wild. It was wild. Yeah. Um, it was I'll short here and then we can move forward. But the, the minister, the preacher that told me all those things that like, it's a sin, but like you do, you, you live your life as long as you live righteously, pretty much is what it was. It was like, I can't tell you what's, what to do. So it was never like fire and brimstone, but it was like, I really can't tell you what to do. All I know is that this is what this translated Bible says now in modern time about that. Three days later on a Sunday, the same preacher was in front of everyone being like, we have people among us struggling with homosexuality. And let me just tell you now, that is a future that only ends with fire. <laughs> literally, like literally. And I'm like, I just talked to this guy three days ago. So like, that's why I say like a whip last traumatic break. Like for me, everything that I had put weight into and gold into within like a week snapped. And like all of my family in the LGBT sections of the few outlets that I had were showing me like, yeah, this is what modern day Christianity looks like. Like we could have told you this mm -hmm. is what's going to happen. Like you do you, but we're not going to sit here and tell you that like watching these shows or like doing these things that obviously aren't bad things. Like we're not going to tell you they're going to go to hell. Like they're not going to send you to hell doing these little things. Meanwhile, everyone in the church at that time was like a list of a million things that will send you to hell here. Here's the book. Yeah. What a, what a weird thing. Like you said that like, you couldn't have a boyfriend and you mentioned like, but I couldn't have a girlfriend either. Is that what I heard you say? Yeah. So whenever we would like tell people, like whenever I told my mom, like, I think I'm going to want a girlfriend. The question was like, always like for why? Yeah. Impl yeah, yeah. Implying like immorality, implying like, what do you want to do with that girlfriend that you can't do with them as a friend? Like any, yeah, I remember, I remember like dating in high school was, was a no, no. Yeah. Like you, totally. couldn't, you couldn't have a girlfriend in high school mm -hmm. in our church. Not spiritually, not not morally. Yeah. <laughs> I think of, I can think of a few people who were active members of the church who all of a sudden would be like, yeah, I have a girlfriend. And you find out it was like a girlfriend at their high school. And you're just like, oh, no. Oh, yeah. Oh. Mm -hmm. How dare they? And so, <laughs> so then you leave and you go to Savannah. And then they're telling you to emulate this guy who, if I heard correctly, was like when he wasn't at church, he was still doing all of these like hooking up with with guys and things like that. Is that what? Well, it wasn't even like what he was doing was wrong. And like, yeah, yeah. Now like between you and me, we can talk about it like nothing yeah, he was yeah. doing wrong. But in the church's eyes, like at that time, yeah, he was doing like. He was doing all the things, you know, like club drugs, drinking, mm -hmm. multiple partners, all the things yeah. that you're like is stereotypical what you'll get into, like the uh, the Christian nightmare of the gay lifestyle, if you will. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. All of the things of the gay stereotype. And it's just like as somebody who hadn't even 
lived as themselves as like a gay man, that was the example I was told to follow by the church. Wow. So it's like someone who says he hates this part of him, but is still engaging with that part of him. Yeah. So it's the self-deprecation that brings you closer to um, salvation. Is that what I'm led to believe? Like that, those are the questions I was asking. Like, is this what you guys see as like the path to being saved by all gay men, like self-deprecating? And if that's the case, then it's just creating so many weak-minded, unstable people. It's not harboring like any type of growth or love or joy or anything that it's supposed to do. Yeah. Like hearing you talk hits, hits close to home only because at the time that I like knew you, we weren't in the same ministries, but I was working with the youth Yeah, and we didn't have language or resources other than this is just wrong. Right. And it, it it's incredibly like, it was hard. Like no one ever came out to me. I knew that people were probably gay and just didn't know how to talk about it. I mean, I had to go and like research myself to try to build some sort of foundation into what I was going to say. You know, I had to go find the books and I wanted to find the books that were like, not like how to convince the gay teen it's a sin. It was just like, what does it all mean? Because there's just so many things that I like, I don't know. It never sat well. Right. How things were being treated, how people were being treated. Um, so it just sucks. And it sucks that that was the world that you were in, you know? Yeah. I think it's really unfortunate for the path that 18 year old me was on, but 32 year old me is like so grateful to have the clarity that it brought me and the Uh peace and the joy and like the true love and true spirituality that I can experience nowadays. Like there's so much freedom being out of that place that just cultivates, like I said, self-deprecation and hate mm-hmm. paired with, like you just said, no real answers. Like what, mm-hmm. what environment is that? And yet like so many hundreds of thousands of people are devoting not only their bloodline, but their bloodline's bloodline. And mm-hmm everything that they have to it it's just Mm -hmm. wild to me and like i'm so grateful that i was able to see the kind of man behind the curtain of it all because i know people who are just figuring things out that i figured out at that age you know Mm -hmm. in their 40s and their 50s you know when i was a young gay in the clubs in the 20s you would always be like somebody on the bar stool in like their 60s who just socially maybe wasn't vibing. And you kind of just know like they came out later in life. They didn't figure out who they were until way, way late in life. And they're having to play catch up. And so luckily me coming out as a queer person, not only to myself, but like being fully authentic in my experience on the planet at the same time I left a cult, it really just helped me like heal and grow and put together the person that I am today 
without having to feel like I really mm-hmm. experienced a lot of trauma. Like, yes, it was traumatic and it was horrible and I have my stories, but it all kind of came at a time where like I would have had to do that anyway. Yeah, and you have less, it's almost like <clears throat> less muscle memory in the old way. Um, like what would you have, what would you have wanted instead of what you got with regards to like, or is that even like worth a conversation? Yeah, no, I think there's an answer there. I think transparency, Uh huh. but there was so much fear that they were going to be found out. Yeah. No one could be authentic and be like, I'm 48. I joined this church at 30 and yeah had a great life until then but now we're just trying to piece these things together and these are the answers we have and we're all on this planet for a little while and we're all trying to just figure out what is what but there was none of that everything was so definitive and yeah if you ever heard about anyone's life before icoc it was how horrible it was you know oh yeah Uh uh-huh because you're trying to sell it I re- maybe you can relate to this. This is a little off brand, but like, I remember actually going to college parties after being a kingdom kid and waking up and being like, this isn't so bad. Like, I didn't do anything really horrible, but you look around and you see like, you think of the stories where they're like, and I woke up, people sleeping on the floor, yeah. people sleeping on the couch. I couldn't find my keys. And they're like crying and you're like, this sounds so traumatic. This sounds so horrible. But that's like all you ever heard about people's life before the church was like how yeah. awful. I uh I have two stories I want to share. One with regards to what you were about the whole no no language for what you were going through. But like I remember when I uh when I was it was the the summer before I finally cut ties with the church because I stayed in it until I was in my late twenties. I kind of hid in the teen, like working with the teens. I had lots of hurt and questions, but my it was it was the summer that my um my it was my girlfriend had broken up with me and she started dating my best friend at the time. And then they got engaged and I found out on Facebook. So I went to, I just had, I went to a bar and I found the first girl that I could find. And I like brought her home and I like smoked weed for the first time that night. And I did all that stuff. And I remember having the same thing, like waking up and just being like, okay, this is interesting. (laughs) I don't feel that shitty. (laughs) Right. It was weird. I was like, I mean, I don't really... I don't really think I want to do like that kind of thing again. Cause yeah, not my cup of tea, but <laughs> I think I'm going to be okay. I think life will go on. <laughs> yeah. Um, so but funny. the second thing is like, I want like when you, with regards to like how like the word gay in church, like I remember in my studies during my sin study, I happened to mention that I had like, I was attracted to a guy at some point because you know in the sin study you have to say everything everything you had to write down every sin you committed this is for to give you guys perspective you would write your sins down 
in a journal and then you would read it aloud to some dudes in the study everything everything thought about taking a snickers from the gas station yeah stuff like that i masturbated to this or i did this i mean it was always mad if it's a sin study for guys it's always about masturbation that's all you end up talking about everyone was coached to be humiliated yeah you get it but anyway so i said hey i thought like i was attracted to this guy and it was confusing for a minute and you would have thought like i killed somebody like it was like the record stopped yeah it's like someone hit the alarm button and they were like what and it was like this thing and they were like i mean are you still dealing and they had all these questions like is this what you think is this what you feel and i was like i mean no this was like a couple years ago and then i didn't i could tell that it was like something that like there's no conversations or words for this i shouldn't have even said it yeah I i just stopped talking about it but you everyone was so scared so bizarre how yeah, yeah, because I think everyone, at least the intelligent modern today, present day me thinks, because they had to have been how aware of how fragile it is. Mm-hmm. That's the problem with toxic masculinity as a whole, in general, is it is so fragile. When you do start poking at it, it is something made up. It is something put together by a, the popular opinion at the time. Yeah, like mm-hmm. it's going to define what that is, and so like. I just feel bad because there were so many people in that church that came out to me after I came out who then didn't come out to anyone else and like out of fear. And -hmm. I don't think they're not happy. I think maybe they've come out since. I don't keep up with a lot of them, but it just makes me wonder if that fear was a lot for people. Too much for people Uh to do what I did. Then I just have to think there's people who weren't able to do what I did. And that's really unfortunate because I was yeah. afraid that I was going to be stuck. And there's probably a lot of people who are afraid that they're going to be stuck. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, because it's a we- it was a weird it was a weird thing. I remember watching, you know, I knew of a guy in Atlanta that my dad told me about that was like he's he struggles with this. So he just he's just here, but he doesn't have he doesn't go on dates. He doesn't do anything. It's just this is his I think he called it like his penance. And I was like, geez, that sucks. My dad, you know, all this, all the fathers knew other, all the parents in this church knew stories. Like that's how you always yeah. just heard stories. I just there was no social media, so it's funny to hear like you say, "My dad told me about this." Because I think of all the times my parents would say random church stories. But I know my dad was adamant about like there was a gay member in the church in like North Carolina or something who like spoke once a year when they didn't have anything else to talk about, about how like it was a choice and how he's so much happier, like in the church and like, Mm -hmm. which could be his truth. But my question then is like, maybe there's some, a more like authentic experience to like, maybe you being like a straight male, Mm -hmm. if you were happier being with women or maybe even like non-binary or pan, if you really don't Mm -hmm. care. There's just more of a discussion than being like, I was gay, now I'm not gay, I'm happier. But that was what a lot of our fathers heard from other people and then would tell their kids, like, oh, well, no son of mine's going to be gay because that's the choice. And you're choosing choosing hell. Yeah. (laughs) That was the language of us. If we chose anything that was outside of what the system deemed okay, you were choosing hell instead. 
Yeah, a very clear hell. I hear friends that have like the haunted hell houses, and like we, I never had that. We never had like no haunted houses where people were like, "These are the liars," and their tongues are getting ripped out. But we were told what? stuff. Right? Yeah, we, yeah. I had a I had a secret girlfriend for a little bit, and I was I was told that I'm choosing her God. You know, like that was the language that was told to us. Like, well, of course I'm not going to choose her. You know, I don't want to burn in no. hell. I want God. So it was pretty soon. So like, so then like you go to college and then was it pretty quick that you were just like, I'm done. Like after that, right after that. Right. So that's, it was all within like three or four weeks of like really fully like coming out at the church, being out, having that rumor spread like wildfire because everybody knew me. Yeah. (laughs) Everybody had an opinion. And so like, there was really nowhere to hide. The Savannah church knew about me before I came down there. They were already like prepped with a team to help me. And like, <laughs> once I once I heard their solution was to just like hate myself, I was like over it immediately. And yeah. I was a freshman in college. So like freshman in college, art ride, to, uh, full ride to art school. I was a talented musician. I was a talented actor. I was a talented painter. I was a talented videographer like I was in my heyday just now getting the brakes taken off of me telling me that I like had to be humble couldn't do this I had to be shy like I had to be self-deprecating and not really shine too bright because other people would feel this way or see this and like so yeah it was really quickly for me like okay well I'm gonna do what I want to do which is be happy and thrive and be successful and focus on like making good memories with friends instead of like focusing on getting into heaven at 18 and having like a bunch of people lie to me about it who are just still trying to figure it out for themselves. So was it, so after you left, I mean, it, was it just positive? Was it freer? Like, yeah, yeah. I honestly, it was nothing but better for me since I left the church. I tell people a lot of the time now, I wish I had left earlier because college for me, I feel like was kind of like what high school was for a lot of people in my public school. So like figuring out what your type is and what dating is like and uh, Mm -hmm. parties and how to manage like I know everyone says drinking is like where you, what you do in college, but like, I didn't want to be a crazy drinker. So like, even just learning like what the appropriate amount of enjoying alcohol, like all of that took place at the same time. So it was a much positive period because I didn't have any of the guilt at the same time. And I wasn't really doing anything crazy, but I didn't have to worry about like getting into heaven. I could just worry about like, college and grades and real friendships and like the conversations were much lighter the memories were much more fun and positive and like there was no like undertone of guilt which and if i would go out with friends in the church and we would go have coffee we would then ride around it was always always something that would come Mm -hmm. up to be discussed to make everyone feel a little bit more somber a little bit more like connected to god and it's just like, that wasn't the vibe that I wanted at the time from people who I didn't feel any honesty could come from. Yeah. It was really positive for me. Like I left very quickly, 
stopped going to church, started focusing on other religions, other ways to express my spirituality and connect. Um, and since then, I just felt like more rounded. I grow just like everybody, you know, every year, mm -hmm. but the view and the perspective that I have on the world coming from like such a conservative space and now living in such a liberal space, liberal space, it's just provided me a lot of experience. I don't think people usually get. Yeah, that's cool. So where, um, I was going to ask where you landed, like with regards to like God and spirituality and all that stuff. Yeah, so I have been a practicing um, neo-pagan for like 12 years now. Now, so, explain a little bit what that means. Yeah, so paganism is basic borderline like Wicca witchcraft. Okay. Religion. So Wicca is different, obviously, but paganism is like your old ancestral religions. Mm -hmm. um, and neo-paganism just kind of deals with more nuances it doesn't have mm -hmm. to really play by a lot of the rules that wicca or older religions or more modernized like uh structural religions have so is that like with like um regards to loving for and I, i'm probably going to say something simple and i'm not a part of it but like just kind of like more of an earth centered yeah connection for sure, for sure. So even when you look at spirituality and even if you look at more like, I mean, like witchcraft-based religions, Wicca is still going to have like your rules. A lot of them are still going to have deities that are male or female. And to me, that's just a soft spot coming from the church I don't want to deal with. So mm -hmm. I found I thrive in a space of more like, just like I said earlier, the universe and the earth and the planets provide and the elements, you know, I don't worship crystals. I just believe that we're given all the tools that we need to manifest positivity in our own lives. And whether that's meditation or whether that's through ritual, whether that's through any type of repeated practice, like there's other ways to obtain peace rather than like praying to an omnipotent force to be saved. Yeah. I, I like more, uh, I can be more active in my religion and know that like it's up to me to really get or take or not get what the universe has to provide for us all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We, uh, we do some solstice celebrations in our house. Um, we do a little bit. My wife is into that as well. Um, yeah. It's interesting to, to dive into those, those types of, of faiths and beliefs that were here thousands of years before Christianity was, you know, and, and it's wild to see how Christianity attached themselves to those, That's just know, what I was those, about to say. those yeah. celebrations from like the celebration of, you know, why we think there's a thing with why we use a tree at Christmas has to do with, it has its roots in that and paganism and Easter bunny know, paganism. Mm -hmm. So it's really interesting and, and that's cool. Yeah. I've noticed. Um, so do you like, and do you kind of like, I don't want to sound like an asshole, uh, but like with regards to like the full moons and the cycles and things like that. And 
I was a lot more uh, active and like uh -huh. regularly, like every moon phase when I first started doing like my studies and diving in probably like eight or nine years ago. Um, but I have like a huge library I've amassed and kind of landed on a place of I am more active when I want to take more action, if that yeah. makes sense. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where a happy medium for me. Um, I worry a lot of the times if I like missed a full moon, then there would be a lot of that like Judeo-Christian guilt. And Dude, that, so that is for real. Talk about that, man. Funny because like here I am practicing quote unquote witchcraft and I miss a full moon and I don't do the things that I wanted to do with my crystals or ritual or sigil work or candle work or anything like mm -hmm. that. And then I believe that I've upset the universe and then I've let it down. And then I'm not really like committed to this. And it's just <laughs> like for a while there, like, like I said, I think I'm on like my 13th for, I don't really know for sure, but it's been over a decade. I've been, you know, kind of a dedicated, which for lack of a better term and, yeah. and middle term in the middle for a while there, there is a lot of that like Judeo-Christian guilt you've got to process through of being like, this is why I believe this. This is why I'm yeah. doing to connect and fortify and feel strength and love and positivity, not the stuff that I got from my other religion. Yeah, it's hard to let that shit go, man. That like mindset of like you missed something because it was so a part of our lives. You had to do this. And then if you missed it, oh boy. It's yeah, it's almost like there was no return. Mm -hmm. And like I remember feeling guilt. I I felt jealous of my Catholic friends because when they sinned, their church told them you had to do this, this, and this, and this, and you'll be forgiven. Oh God, not and, us. Not us. I was not like, what? Us. You have to do that. <laughs> we're I mean, we're forgiven when we die, but like we we eternally effed up. <laughs> eternally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It goes in the big concrete record for life. Yeah, man, I've and I'm I've done a few I've done a number of it's pretty more regular with like I would do guided meditations on full moons and new moons. And it's interesting the connection that I feel doing those things versus what I thought I was gonna feel at church. Yeah. For sure. Um, and it's interesting I to like really dive into those things because like you couldn't and to even like talk about it 20 years ago you couldn't i couldn't talk about this stuff you're like I had oh. a read my tarot cards in high school and my mom was like screaming at me i mean not screaming screaming but like yeah very very upset like yeah that is witchcraft and you will go to hell i, I, like, I follow a guy on instagram chris corsini yeah his meditations are wonderful I, I, whenever it's, whenever it comes to the month, he talks about the Gemini. I watch what he's saying. It's wonderful. And it's, it's interesting. It's interesting when it like lines up with what I'm, I don't know, man. It's like, it's hard for me at this point in my life to call anything bullshit because right. we spent so much of our lives saying everything was wrong. But I'm like, he says some things and I'm like, that's kind of on point with what I'm feeling. You right. Know? And that's He's why I'm drawn, I think, to um, any type of religion where you get what you put in. You mm -hmm. know, there's no there's no like guilt for not being active 
you just don't get anything. But all yeah. the tools are there if you want to dive in and study and learn and grow and mm-hmm. approach it from a place of knowing nothing, like all of the answers are there. And to me, that's what a successful religion <laughs> sounds like. Like pitch mm-hmm. any religion like that to me and I'm going to be more curious. Yeah, this uh, this past Christmas, my wife, uh, she uh, she had a guy read my birth chart. Yeah. And that was that was an hour and a half of just like what, right? What? It yeah, was, it was. I don't know, man. I'm I into it. A good year and a half. I have like a. It's like it's huge. She just goes through every chart, all of yeah. the things that I thought were just like in '70s music. I'm like, oh no, it's a real thing. Neptune can be in a house. What does that mean? Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> things are in Kion or all that stuff or it's Saturn is squared with uh, that stuff. I mean, I wouldn't, I would not have engaged with this years ago. And and I love it that I'm, 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 I'm engaging with this kind of stuff. Cause it is filling, it's giving me something. And it's like, you're saying it, you know, there's no, like you, you get out what you put into it, you know? Right. Right. And that's what's kind of, and there's no condemnation. There's none of that. It gets me outside more. It gets me thinking about, things in such a bigger perspective it's it's cool and that's the key i think to being happy it just like zoom out yeah totally (laughs) so Um, much of that viewpoint was zooming in yeah so anything positive from being a part of the church i mean i'm a decent human being and i credit the church you know like i feel lucky Uh that i have a husband that has all of the moral characteristics and like a decent upstanding, you know what I, I always say young man. Cause that's how my parents raised me. Like be a decent upstanding young man. And now I'm like in our thirties, but like, I just feel like he got all the same talks I did growing up. And I think that's hard to find these days Yeah, mm-hmm. outside of that. So I, everyone says like, well, there's good bones there. And I don't want to <laughs> say that the whole, the whole institution needs to be rethought. Yeah. But, you know, raising your kids to like not be assholes and not lie and be honest and have integrity. Like all of the things that I was raised to be, I would accredit to like the church. I would like to say my father, but I think my father, because he was a member of the church, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's really all I can think of. I see people who never had a, connection to any type of judeo-christian religion catholicism included i guess yeah that would be included um and they're just able to like move through life a little bit unaware of the things they're doing that may be like rude selfish Mm -hmm. wrong and so like i'm very grateful that i don't operate that way but i wish it wasn't paired with everything else at that establishment indoctrinated into its believers got it that's cool um and sort of the last question that i'm because i'm trying to figure this out i uh (laughs) the question that i struggle with we were in a cult what do you think yeah it's so funny because somebody told me that i think it was like 2019 Uh uh-huh so like 
like I said, college, I detached, I moved forward. A lot of people like me and you who never had a falling out, but yeah. were members of the church. Like I just didn't talk to, I didn't want to be a part of, I didn't want to have like any of the guilt. Like I didn't want any of that. <laughs> so I have no recollection of a lot of, or connections still and haven't for a while. So it wasn't until a few years ago that someone was like, Hey, did you see that we were listed as like an actual cult? Did you see that? And then it all made sense. So yeah, I would say 100%. 100%. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I told someone the other day, or I've said this before, I, I used to say we were like the diet Coke of cults. Yes. I mean, let's be real. No one's drinking the Kool-Aid, but I think of like, why did anybody even get into this? And nobody can tell me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think of people's parents now who I know who are now like all in their whatever, 60s-ish, 50s-ish, whatever it is. And now they're having the same awakenings that we're having. So the questions that I'm wondering are like, was it just a thing of the time? Yeah. Because it seems like everybody's kind of waking up at the same time. And that's very culty to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. Um, well, dude, thank you for doing this. Um, of course. Sorry, I was a little over the place. There's a lot to go over, you know, 20 years. No, over. man, this was perfect. I, I'm appreciative of you sharing your story and allowing me to put it out to the world or whoever listens. My dozens of followers um or we'll just have to bleep out you know my mom's last name unfortunately we'll have to figure out how to do that um but yeah hold on as i stop this for a second but yeah thanks for sharing thank you guys for listening until next time take it easy bye